Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nhte.net. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from the UK, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who has released a new album this year after having put out a release in 2015 as well. Among other topics we're going to talk about today is when he disbanded his group and rejoined the day-to-day working life before a life event four years ago caused him to write and record again, and he hasn't put down the guitar since. You've been hearing a song of his from his new album, a tune called Walking in the Sunshine. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Tony Clark. Hello, Bruce. Thank you for inviting me on your show. It's a pleasure to talk to America. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Tony. Welcome to the show, and and thanks for taking time out of your evening over there to do this. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Well, Tony, we always start off this show by having the guest talk about the song that we opened up with. So tell the listeners all about Walking in the Sunshine, if you would, please. Yeah, my my pleasure. Uh, Walking in the Sunshine was was written on on morning when I was walking around a car park where I actually live, and um, I had the guitar around my back and the sun was shining and to be honest with you I just wanted to walk away that particular day I hadn't had a good weekend and uh, and then I looked up at the sun and I, I was looking at the trees and there was a dog barking I thought you know life really isn't that bad you should just you know sit down Tony write a song and then in the next 10 minutes walking in the sunshine just arrived and it was written in about 25 minutes wow and it was a bit, and that's really how it happened um, and it was easier that Wow, is that uh, is that uncharacteristic for you for for a song to be written in as in as quick as twenty five minutes? Um, actually, no. I, I always find that, and I'm sure a lot of songwriters are the same. The quicker you write the song, the better the song is. You, it seems to sort of mold very very quickly, or you struggle with it, and then you then you then you struggle with the music within it. Because I write songs acoustically, I write them with a the guitar. I can play the piano, not particularly very well, but I, I very rarely write on the piano. So, yeah, I find the ones that have come within, you know, 25 minutes, half an hour, an hour, uh, are the ones that, that stand uh, stand the time. Well, that's good, because uh, for your for your education, Tony, this, this show aims largely towards educating the listeners who are up-and-coming singers, songwriters, entertainers. Uh, and so for those who are songwriters... I would tend to think that someone might get nervous and say, wait a minute, I can't be done. This song can't come together this fast. So it's it's encouraging to hear you tell that story that, yeah, in fact, this walking in the sunshine coming together in 25 minutes, this was not uh, a one-time only thing. 
No, I can I can honestly say that a word triggers me. I don't know how other people write things, but I could be just walking. One word would trigger the whole thing, and I'd get back. A line would come, and the music comes after usually the first verse, and and the chorus usually comes very very easily after that. Um, I wrote a whole album, Christmas album, in uh, five weeks. Wow! That was twelve songs. Wow! Um, and it was yeah, it actually just came together. Um, so yeah, I, with me it's very very quick, or it's very slow, and then it could take a year. So it's usually done within an hour, two hours, or it's not going to happen. Okay, okay. Well, on a similar note, I, I wonder, and, and forgive me because I, I may be overthinking this a little bit, but there is a song out there that that we all know that's been around for a number of years called "Walking on Sunshine" by Katrina and the Waves. Yeah. And does somebody, and, and again, I apologize if I'm overthinking this, but does someone have to worry, Tony, if they're putting out a song and the title that they come up with it is is this case where, uh-oh, gee, I don't know if I should call it Walking in the Sunshine because that's so close to Walking on Sunshine and Katrina and the Waves did that. And pe- Am I overthinking did, yeah. it or, or is that something that, that you would advise songwriters to, uh- to think twice about? Well, I think the truthful answer to that is that it would depend on what title we're talking about. If we're talking about an absolute classic, although the, the song you're mentioning is, is a very, very strong and beautiful song. Um, but if it's a complete classic um, that uh, you know, a massive artist has done within the same genre as you, I think then you should probably think twice about releasing it. Um, to be honest with you, I never actually thought of that particular song when I called it Walking in the Sunshine, I could have called it something else. Now you've mentioned that, well, maybe it wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> but if you, if you Google Walking in the Sunshine, you're not going to come up with two. True, you're going to probably true. come up with 50 songs. Ah. So the truth is, there's not much new when you do it. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I like I like your I like your advice, though, because for whatever reason, as you were saying that, the song that popped into my head is, you probably don't want to write a song and call it Hey Jude, because... <laughs> I would have said that would be a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... Tony, congratulations, though, on the new album. It is called Born in 55, and wow, listeners, Tony's new release has 14 songs. Tony, if you would, just tell the listeners about this latest release, maybe perhaps uh, the theme of the album, how long you worked on it, where it was recorded, those types of details. Uh, Okay, Born in 55 was an album, because I'm born in 55, um, and that was the first song I wrote, uh, which was about my childhood and growing up. Uh, and the music that was surrounding me within that time, it goes from uh, Elvis Presley uh, through to the Beatles and then through country and then to finding myself again uh, through a tragedy four years ago when my father died. And then I, it just brought me back into music because I'd actually hung the guitar up and I'd had enough. And, and it brought me back and I haven't stopped writing since. Uh, there's 14 songs on the album. Uh, they're all different. And I tried to write 14 singles and I hope I... Mm succeeded in that there's two or three very slow um country classic sort of things and there's uh, quite a lot of fast ones on there hey angel uh is a very fast song borderline's very fast song black and black is fast so i tried to do a complete mixture i actually wrote 28 songs for this album wow um and so and uh, to be truthful with you i couldn't pick the 14 so we actually just put them in a hat and they're the 14 that come out of the 28 and I've finished another three songs, so I have 17 songs for my new album, 
um, which is called Who's Got the Right, um, which I'm currently recording. Wow, wow. Uh, yeah, born it, born it. Fifty-five just was just crazy. I just just kind of stopped writing, and that's how it came out. So there you are. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a, an interesting contradiction. I stopped writing, and, and it came out. Uh, and, and I take it that it was recorded there, where you where you are. It was recorded. This uh, this I've recorded. Uh, this would be my fifth album. Um, my first four albums, I wasn't comfortable. Um, it's a very cottage industry around here, so, you know, small recording studios. Uh, you know, I'm an indie artist. I don't have a, uh, you know, a big purse of money, so I have to do things within a budget. But this time I decided to produce it myself, mm. so it's produced by me. And I found a, 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 a small studio, which is only two miles from where I live, uh, which is in his garage, and, um, and I think we've improved a hundredfold on the first four albums. Wow. We've got a sound... Um, which is wonderful. I've tied in with some players I met in Nashville, so I'm pinging around the world for musicians, including me, and including a young man called Jake, where I um, recorded this. And it's just, it's just fallen together. It's fantastic. And I've, uh, funny enough, I was down there last week, and I've re-sang and reproduced my Christmas album, which I'm releasing this year, uh, called Snowing in New York, and um, that's coming out again. And, and what inspired you to do that? What, when, you're, when you're in the midst of, of having released Born in 55 and you said you've got another new album that you're already working on, what, what in the midst of all that inspires you to say, you know what, I think I'm going to redo my Christmas album too? I, it's just, you know, you, you, you become, it's, it, you get hooked on songwriting. People are listening to this, and I hope there's thousands who are hooked on songwriting. <laughs> I, forgive me, but you can't put the pen down. And then what you're striving for then is the best sound you can get, the best production mm. you can get within your budget, of course. You know, we're all indie artists. Sure. There's a budget you have to do that. And that's what you're striving for. And then as you become more and more prolific in your writing, better at playing, you meet in the better quality musicians, and then you find someone who's, who can record you to a better level, and then you learn about production yourself, then each time it becomes better and better and better, and I'm sure that'd be the same for, you know, if Elvis Presley was still with us, it'd be the same for him. If you listen to his first stuff, you go to his last stuff, the, the production is worlds apart, the same as the Beatles. Well, it's the same for an indie artist. There's no difference. There's a lot less money involved. But it's the same. And now we're striving for. I'm striving for perfection. I'm looking for that song. Yeah, and it, it sounds makes, to me like, like yeah. in reality, you're, you're actually just describing what has become very, very popular over the years, which is the idea of releasing a, a, a remastered album. I think that's true. I'm certainly doing that with my um, my Christmas album. Right. And I'll be going back to my first three albums. Good morning, Mr. Morning, and. Um, the other two, I'm going to Nashville and I'm coming home and I'm going to be redoing them because the production I'm getting with me sitting in there is completely different. It was uh, too processed before and now it's much bigger. So I will be remastering all three, yeah. Yeah, and this is interesting because it actually sounds like you've had two different experiences prior to recording Born in 55. One being that there was obviously something about the way that your prior releases were done that you decided that, you know what, I think I'm going to have to self-produce this time versus, so so to me, Tony, I'm saying that with unfortunately a little bit of uh, a negative tone about it, whereas the positive is you discovered the studio that you used for Born in 55 and realized that, wow, 
like sonically, this is so much better, and, and that's what makes me want to re-record my previous material. So it sounds like you went through well, think, two fairly big experiences there. Yes, I think that's um, yeah, undoubtedly. It's um, you know you can get hooked into. I think my advice to anyone who's listening to this that if you are a prolific writer like I am, and you can't put the pen down, and you're writing good, strong material, then you know try a few studios out. Do not be hoodwinked into one studio with one person there because you're going to get a completely different sounds. Mm. The same as if you, stay, you change your guitarist, bass man, or the drummer, you're going to get a different sound. Move about. You know, don't stay. I stayed with one studio for three, three albums. And, uh, you know, I moved and done one song with Jake up the road. And the difference is unbelievable, unbelievable. But that was all to do with really me finding myself and finding what I wanted out of my music okay. uh, in terms of vocals and in terms of mixing. Uh, so, yeah, my advice to anybody, move around, you know, try a few different studios. Okay, okay. Well, again, I, I, I can't shake the fact that Born in 55 has 14 songs on it. I know there's no right or wrong number of songs to no. be on an album, but, you know, that's a real hearty number. It's not real common in terms of an album <laughs> being that generous and i know you said you had 28 but what made you decide was it was it just they were all so good that it was hard enough to get down to 14 never mind trim it to 12 or 11 or 10 yeah that's how i felt to be honest with you i thought that oh, i still feel that there's 14 very strong songs on there lyrically they're they're pretty good uh, musically I, I think they're they're pretty good and and the performance, me myself, and and then the production is better. So you know, I got just got a bit excited, and and one that you know you finish at ten, you think, oh, I don't know, I want this one, I want that one, and <laughs> next thing you know, you're up to fourteen. Um, so I just did it. But the truth is that nowadays, you know, with uh, streaming and with the likes of internet, you're not going to sell too many CDs anyhow. So if you get your CDs out there with fourteen on them. You've probably got a good chance of being played, and so I don't, I'm not really sure it matters too much nowadays. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And, and forgive me if if I didn't retain this properly from when you said it earlier. But the new album that you're already working on that that is material from those 14 songs that didn't make the cut on Born in '55, or no? Yeah, there's there's 14 songs and plus another three that I've written, and I wrote one last week, um, which I'm going to make the headliner called Who's Got the Right, and that's uh, an extremely uh, strong song, which is about um, terrorism. Um, wow. Not a good subject, and, uh, but, uh, you know, it's something I feel about, and it's called Who's Got the Right, and I'll be re- uh, recording that. I've done some of the music, and I'll be recording that vocally next week, and that's what the album's going to be called, Who's Got the Right, and there will be 14 songs on that one. And do you know approximately when that might be out? Um, I've actually recorded 10 of them already, so wow. there's about another four to do. Um, I'm hoping that I'll have that out um, early next year, okay. or later on okay. this year. I'm in Australia um, um, a bit later this year, and um, hopefully I'll do a few gigs over there. So um, when I get back, I think that um, I'll, I'll put it into print. And um, I usually produce only 100 albums nowadays. There's no, there's no point in producing any more than that. That's just for the... You know, for the Bruce's of the world and the, and the internet and some stations who still want hard copies. Um, but I produce 100 and I'll hopefully get them out by February next year. And the trip to Australia is personal or, or that's music related? No, it's personal, yeah. Um, my daughter's moving over there and um, I'm going over there. I get quite a lot of plays in Australia. 
and I'm going Very over nice. there to just to see what's going on with the country scene in Australia. Yeah, but as you said, if you could play a couple times over there, then there's nothing wrong with <laughs> combining business with no, pleasure. I will 100% play a couple of gigs over there while I'm there. Definitely. You will? Oh, 100%, yeah. 100%. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. And that's later this year? Yeah, that'll be um, probably around about October, I believe it is. Um, wonderful. They're moving over in October, so we'll um, go over there, follow them and help them. And then we'll have a wander around and hopefully meet some musicians and get into a few public houses and whatever's over there and try a few of my songs. Cool, cool. Well, uh, last year you had put out a three-song EP called I'm Going to Nashville. Talk a little bit about that release also, if you would. Um, I'm Going to Nashville came because that's exactly what I wanted to do. Um, Being a country artist, uh, Nashville is obviously the place to be. There's nothing more country than Nashville. And I went over there, and um, while I was there, I borrowed a guitar, found a few studios, um, one called Tony Ray, a gentleman called Tony Ray, called Backward Studios, who I now record a lot of uh, music with. Um, and then I'd done a couple of gigs um, with some help in um, on the main Broadway. Um, and it was only about three or four songs, and I loved that. And it, it really came from that. The whole The whole album came from that. Just that experience of going to Nashville, which was just wonderful. And when was that that you went there? Uh, that was a couple of years ago, two years ago, I believe. Okay, so uh, probably about 2014, which which, yeah. which would which would stand to reason uh, in terms of timing, in so far as the the EP that I mentioned, the the three song EP yeah. I'm going to Nashville came out last year. So very, uh, very there is an album now. I'm going to Nashville, which has 12 songs on it. Oh, There's okay, an old album now. Okay, I was released. I was looking on, on iTunes. iTunes and I saw the uh, I saw the the three song version. Yeah, there is a the whole album's on there now. Terrific. Again, though, that that one needs a bit of mastering. There's some really good songs on there. Um, funny enough, there's one that I'm redoing called "Didn't We" on Friday uh, tomorrow. Okay. Because uh, okay. I really uh, that gets massive plays in America, didn't we? And and I feel that the production on that is not very good. So I'm actually redoing that tomorrow, remixing wow. it, re-singing it, replaying some guitars. Wow. And I'm going to put that back on. Um, I think it plays a lot on Radio Airplay. Are you familiar with Radio Airplay over there? Well, I don't know if I've heard that one, but I'm happy to take your word on it because I know that there is a lot of opportunity and that and that a lot of people like yourself are, are finding more Airplay than I think people realize these days. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think for the youngsters, get out there, you know. And you've got you've got to, you've got to um, just put your arms around the internet. You know, I've been one of the old dinosaurs, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah, we've got to sell CDs and put some in your trunk and go out and do some gigs. But the truth is, them days are gone. You know, you've got to embrace the internet. You've got to embrace the the people like yourself, Bruce, uh, the people who can get you out there and get you known. Uh, and that way, you know, you'll get the radio airplays, you'll get the FM, and eventually you'll get your royalties coming through. And, of course, that will pay for the youngsters to do the next songs. That's right. That's right. Very good advice. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from the UK is singer, songwriter, guitar player Tony Clark. Visit his official website at www.tonyclarkcountry.com and do note that his last name does have an E at the end. Tony is also on Facebook, 
And you can also find him and his music on Reverb Nation, too. Be sure to keep up with him online at one or more of those destinations, especially as it relates to developments regarding his next album that he just talked about, which will be called Who's Got the Right? And, of course, do purchase his music. It's available for purchase on his website or through iTunes, Amazon, and other online retailers. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net, as in Now Hear This Entertainment, nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we've got the full audio on nhte.net, plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net and subscribe to this show and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free, and it makes it so easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by following on SoundCloud. We are thrilled to now be on Google Play Music too. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you, and please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. Listen to episode 101. It's kind of a sampler. It's a best of from the first hundred shows. And as always, many thanks, of course, to those who are not first-time listeners. I very much appreciate your time and your interest and support. And by the way, whether you're going to look for Tony's music and or other music or books, whatever, go to nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner to get there so that you can help this show in the process of buying whatever it is that you need from Amazon. Tony, I must say that I'm curious about a couple titles of yours. We mentioned the I'm Going to Nashville album mm-hmm. that you released. Plus, you also have one called Christmas in New York, which you mentioned before. Is there anything to be read into a U.K. artist having references to two U.S. cities? <laughs> I think that's a very, very easy one to answer. I've been influenced by American music from a very, very young man. That would have been Elvis Presley to the, you know, the Marty Robbins, to the George Jones, to the Patsy Kleins, Tammy Wynette. Um, and, and, you know, of course, along the way, I've, I've loved uh, British stars at all, the Beatles and the Birds and them sort of things. But I was very much a country rock and roll. My father was mad on country, and he used to buy any obscure American country artist that he could. Wow. Um, I, think, I think he had about a 1,000 CDs. Wow. Uh, so not CDs, tape, tapes in them days. So he was mad. So I was brought up on Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, um, uh, Willie Nelson's, the George Jones, the Tammy Minettes, and, and all them sort of people. And then, of course, as it's grown up, you know, in later days, Garth Brooks and that sort of thing. So I was just influenced by American. Okay, okay. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is be a fact checker and then double check them. I'm thinking specifically of reciting someone's credentials. Don't say casting crowns when you mean the counting crows. Don't say album of the year when it was actually song of the year. Don't assume that a singer is also a songwriter. Show people that you've done your homework and that you've got your facts straight. They will respect that you made their resume a priority. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful? 
There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show to make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format. There is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1 and a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 2 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40 and 41 to 80, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. Well, we're going way, way out of order here. But for those listeners who are just being introduced to you for the first time, let's get into your backstory, Tony, now that you're, now that you're talking about your, your, your younger years. I mentioned in the intro about your having disbanded your group and rejoined the day-to-day working life before a life event four years ago caused you to write and record again and that you haven't put down the guitar since. For starters, what was that group that you had disbanded? What was the name? How many members were there? How long had y'all been together? Um, the name was Stampede, um, and it turned into Country Is Up. Um, we had two names on that group. We were together about 10 years. Wow. I disbanded about about nine years ago, probably seven or eight, nine years ago. I can't, you know, go so quick, I can't remember, but about that sort of time. I then went into a duo with um, the guitarist, so there was myself and Dave. Uh, we were doing just duo stuff, uh, doubling up on the bass, playing, you know, with drum machines. We then went to synthesizers, and then it become a little bit too karaoke for me, and, and there was nothing spontaneous about it, and I stopped enjoying it, to be honest with you, on the duo side. Um, and so I put the guitar down, and Dave did too. Um, and that was it, really. That was about probably my probably last gig that I'd done locally would have been probably eight, nine years ago. So when you mentioned the, um, the band before it went down to a duo, how many members had there been Initially, uh, it, was, it was always four. Uh, we used to have four piece, you know, the drum, bass, lead guitar, um, and rhythm. Uh, and then we would bring in other artists if we need them. There might be a fiddle player one night or a keyboard another night. We would double up. It depends on what we were playing in that set. Um, you know, there was you know Dave could double up and good enough on keyboards. Um, I was always lead, sort of lead guitarist, rhythm guitarist, as I was the main vocals. So I never did much else. Uh, the the drummer was always the drummer, but the bass could swap around, that sort of thing. The bass would be four, but sometimes it'd be five. Okay, and I'm, and I'm holding up air quotes here when I when I say when the band was in its heyday, uh, or, or quote-unquote in its prime, how often were you playing? Uh, once a week, three times a week? Uh, it would always be once a week. We always play once a week. Um, uh, you sometimes a couple. You might do um, you know Saturday night and a, a Sunday afternoon or something like that, or Friday and Saturday. During the week was it was very rarely um, you know, venues in England. Even ten years ago were very difficult to find. Nowadays, of course, they're near on impossible. Mm. Um, but it, we we were always playing once a week, and we'd have to travel because country is a very small genre in in the UK. Although it's ginormous and massive in America, over here, you know, there's very very few gigs to play. Why do you say that? Why do you say there's there's a few gigs to play? Is is it because of the genre of music or, or something else? Uh, probably, uh, yeah, 50% towards that. And the other 50 is that um, the way of life in England has changed enormously in the last 10 years. We used to have an awful lot of clubs, social clubs. We had a lot of public houses where they would have groups. They were all closed down. People you know, don't usually go out to drink. 
they usually stay at home now or they go out to restaurants now. So the way of life and the way we, we sort of socialise has changed in England enormously in the last 10 years. And the knock-on effect of that means that there's, there's not the opportunities for, for young groups. Okay, okay. So then getting back to your disbanding your group and rejoining the day-to-day working life, was that because mm-hmm. you, you started to mention before that it got down to a point where you felt that it was bordering on, on almost a karaoke-type feel? I think it was karaoke. You know, we went from, um, you know, trying to do things spontaneous with acoustic guitar and a bass and then maybe a lead guitar and a bass with a drum machine going. And then eventually that wasn't quite good enough for some places. There have been clubs a bit larger, so we introduced synthesizers. We would do the backing ourselves, so although we played it, um, it you know, it doesn't change. It, it, it's perfectly in time. And um, I just found that it just, you know, if, you, if you've got people dancing, you can't extend the, you can't do the chorus again. You can't do the verse again. You can't keep them on the floor. When that finishes at 3 minutes 20 seconds, it finishes at 3 minutes 20 seconds. Uh, and I always find that very, very difficult. Wow. It's an interesting perspective, though. I, I must say that in the 127 shows that we've done prior to today, I really don't think I've heard anyone kind of frame it from that perspective. So uh, it's unfortunate that, that it resulted in what it did, but it's interesting for me to hear nonetheless. Uh, okay, and so so to bring the story full circle then, Go ahead and talk about that life event in 2012 that I referred to early in the show and uh, the impact that it had on you personally as well as musically. Because as we just talked about, you got to the point where you said, okay, forget it. I'm just going to rejoin the day-to-day working life. And I believe uh, you went into carpentry? Well, I'm a carpenter by trade. Um, okay. So I went back into building. Uh, I did my apprenticeship with my father. Um, so I had a very, very wonderful experience of apprenticeship and wonderful uh, experience of my early days of working um, but my love for music drew me away from that and so I was always you know, late for work and that sort of thing because I'd be out strumming the guitar somewhere <laughs> but I had a, a wonderful so I'm a carpenter by trade, I was trained by my father um, you know, I went to college, I had my um, seat in guilds but I, I hung that up to do music um, and then I took full circle and come back to it and that's basically what funds these these um, CDs now? This mm-hmm. recording is the the ability I have just to go back to building, which is what I've done. But in 2012 is when you lost your father, yes? Yeah, I was working with my father. My father um, died quite suddenly, um, so that was an enormous loss to me um, because he'd become a friend. When you when you work with your father, he's still your father, of course he is, and you respect that. But he becomes a bit more than that because. It becomes a it becomes a, a pal, a mate, um, you know. And of course, it's a very very strong bond. So when he died, um, which he did, and we lost him very very quickly, um, I don't know what happened. I haven't got. I've just I couldn't tell you what happened, Bruce. But I, I went home that night, and um, and and the songs just sort of came. Wow. Um, and 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 that was it. I wrote two or three, and since then I haven't put the pen down. Whether he's looking down at me and kicking me, saying. Maybe I shouldn't have stopped you doing that when you was younger, boy. <laughs> I, I think that's probably what he's doing. <laughs> um, to encourage me a bit too late. Um, and I wrote a song called Here Comes That Song Again, which was for him. And, and so um, do, do I understand then that when you disbanded your group and you just said, I'm just going to stick with carpentry and that's it, 
Did you put the, the pen and the guitar down all together? I actually threw the guitar. This is going to sound terrible, and please don't do this. No one's listening. <laughs> I smashed the guitar. I was so angry. Oh, my gosh. I broke the guitar. And, um, wow. I, I was just bad. Yeah, I broke the guitar and put it in the skip. And um, and that was it. I was absolutely penniless, Bruce, you know. And, you know, you you, had, you get these ideas of grandular, and, you know, you write a few songs, and you go out gigging, you get this wonderful, uh, you know, reception from the people. But unfortunately, it doesn't pay the bills, you know. And there's an awful lot of musicians, much better than me, who are, who are in the same boat. You know, they have no money. It's um, So that was the reason I was absolutely penniless. Um, and it was time to, you know, get real. And my father was telling me it's time to get real, to come on turn, I'll take you back to work. And uh, I'd actually, I chipped the end of the guitar accidentally, and it made me so angry that I broke the guitar. <laughs> and, uh, and that was one of my biggest regrets of my life. It wasn't a particularly great guitar anyhow, and um, <laughs> and I put it in the skip. But when I got back to work, and you know, and um, actually my father dying left me, you know, a few quid, not too much, but a few quid, and I bought myself a Gibson. Uh, so I replaced the guitar with a better guitar, which I absolutely adore, and there's no chance of that. That's polished, <laughs> and I sit up every day and I play it, and I absolutely adore that American Gibson guitar. I just love it. Um, and so I had that. So there's a, and then I wrote Here Comes the Song again, and it just, that whole album, Good Morning, Mr. Morning, came within, I think, about six months. Amazing, amazing. And that's that's four years ago now, and, and it sounds like you're probably doing more writing these days than you ever have. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I'm probably writing um, probably two a week. Uh, I would write 10 to get two. I think anyone who writes will tell you the same thing. You know, you don't write two songs. You probably write ten or, or twelve, even. Then you listen to them. You know, and, you know, picking the guitar, and then something will come out of that, the tune wise. And then you'll throw away um, what I do, and I hope it helps someone else. I've got a little tiny um, tape recorder with a mic in it, uh-huh. and usually Sunday mornings uh, or late at night, I just sit there and I play, and I get ideas, and I might get five or six, seven ideas, and I leave it. And then uh, that, that Sunday morning, I listen to what I've done that week, which could be 20 ideas, and something will come from it. And then I work on that three or four, and I get that down to one or two. Okay, okay. Well, amazing story and uh, very sad, of course. And um, it's not really the, the kind of story that, that we want to hear that, that people have to go through, but of course, uh, it's a natural life cycle. But um, the fact that yeah. your father's passing did... Re- rejuvenate you so much and restore you to music is uh, a, a victory of sorts in itself and um, very very interesting and and to <laughs> to it's one extreme to the other to go from smashing a guitar to I'm writing more than I ever have that's that's pretty unique yeah I think well if anyone's musicians we're very temperamental musicians <laughs> 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 but it was my guitar and I never hurt anybody and uh, but I, I smashed it. I think really because I chipped the end of it, and I and that was a silly thing to do. It dropped over, you know. It was just a silly thing to do, and it made me so angry with myself. But there you are. I have a better guitar now, and uh, I have one that uh, is taken care of like a baby. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, that guitar probably means a little bit more to you, being that it it is in in a sense, uh, quote unquote, from your father. If you know, if you used a Absolutely. little bit of what you got from him, so I'm sure you'd take Absolutely, yeah. better I care of that. that yeah, you'd probably take better care of that than you did of of the first guitar you ever had. I might guess. 
Absolutely. No doubt about that. Beautiful. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from the UK is singer, songwriter, guitar player Tony Clark. Visit his official website at www.tonyclarkcountry.com. And as I mentioned before, you do have to note that his last name does have an E at the end when you visit TonyClarkCountry.com. Tony is also on Facebook, and you can also find him and his music on Reverb Nation, too. Be sure to keep up with him online at one or more of those online destinations. As you heard him mention before, he will have another new album. It will be called Who's Got the Right, uh, either early next year or later this year and perhaps some updates about his trip to Australia. So all the more incentive about keeping up with Tony online. And of course, do purchase his music. It's available on his website or through iTunes, Amazon, and other online retailers for purchase. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net, as in Now Hear This Entertainment. That's nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we've got the full audio plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e-newsletter while you're at nhte.net and subscribe to this show and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it so easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by following on SoundCloud. We are thrilled to be on Google Play Music as well. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. If you're a new listener to this show, thank you very much. Please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far, as I recommended before. If you're new, start with episode 101. There's a kind of a best of the first 100 episodes there. And as always, many thanks, of course, to those who are not first-time listeners. I very much appreciate your time and your interest and support. Remember, as I mentioned earlier, if you're going to look for Tony's music and or other music, books, whatever, go to nhte.net and simply click on the tall Amazon banner to get there so that you can help this show in the process of buying whatever it is that you need from Amazon. Tony, we were talking about some of the personal events in your life. I'm interested in in what you were talking about earlier, the, being brought up on the music of so many performers from the U.S., Elvis Presley, Roy Orbison, Johnny Cash, Charlie Pride. You, you were saying that in the U.K. these days, that the, the country genre is really kind of, I'll say, in the minority. Is is there anyone in the, in, in the U.K. these days musically that you're really drawn to or do you kind of stick with those those old legends that i was naming okay well that, that um, i'm going to probably won't like this listeners, but i actually don't listen to country currently huh. because i'm trying to to write as much as i can and i'm trying to become me of course i'm influenced from my heard as a young man but i don't listen to country per se modern country Okay. That's not because I, I think I think it's bad or good. It's not what I'm trying to write. I'm trying to write stories. I'm trying to get melodies back into country, and I think we've lost that a little bit. We certainly in in England, it, it, the country is mixed with um, with different sort of influences, and um, it's not it's nothing like the American country. I follow American country. I follow back from Johnny Cash's uh, and people like that. Um, so what am I trying to achieve? I, I think I'm trying to achieve. I'm trying to achieve what I think true country is, and that probably be going back to the to the 60s, 70s. Well, 
here in the States, when we think of country music, we think of Nashville. And when we hear about the UK music scene, we don't think of country music. And so I wonder if maybe that's why, and, and I know you said that the industry has changed, but, but does that play a factor into why you said before that you're not really doing this to say, I need to print 2,500 copies of my CD. You said, I'll print 100 copies. Is, is that why you focused more on just getting stuff out digitally, electronically? Because right there where you are in the UK, people aren't going to be looking for much country music. Is, am I onto something here, or am I kind of going in the wrong direction? I think that's, uh, yeah, Bruce, I think that's, that's quite true. Uh, the BBC have a half-hour program, uh, British Broadcasting Corporation, they have a half-hour program per week. Um, again, that's influenced by Americana music, which I think which is what I'm influenced by. But they tend to play American artists rather wow. than playing the British artists wow. um, for their own reasons. That, that's up to them. I don't have a problem with that. There is a few, um, you know, clubs uh, on the West Coast, East Coast, Devon, round there, which are hardened country um, line dancing sort of places. Oh. But very few. I think there's two in London which I played wow. at both, I can't think of the names. So I would think if you're a country band now, you'd be hard pushed to play once every two months. Oh, gosh. See, and I was going to ask you, yeah. with with this new album being out and with all the writing you're doing and, and new music that you may want to test out on audiences, I thought, well, maybe this is going to kind of be the impetus for you to get out and, and start playing some more live shows, but it sounds like they'd be awfully, awfully tough to find, even if you had the time and did want to. Yeah, the, the problem they have is that, you know, to do this, this album and to learn this album or to learn a reasonable gig of 20 songs, let's say, you, that's going to take you probably six months with the band. And then you to get played every two, every two months or uh, one month to get a gig, it's not going to cover the diesel or the petrol, let alone anything else. <laughs> so it's a real problem to, to get a group now. Uh, the only chance I would have, which I've got about now, is to find an existing country band who wants to embrace my music. Um, uh-huh. So far, I haven't found one, but um, there will be one out there. Uh, and if I can do that, then we'll play the one or once a month or once every two months, and I'll try some of these songs out. And I would love to do that, Bruce. Love to do it. I'll do it tomorrow. Well, and, you know, stranger things have been known to happen. There may be someone that hears this interview and says, I'd like to contact Tony, and I'd like to play for him, with him, whatever you want to say. We've we've had a lot of stories yeah. by some guests on this show that have talked about the way that they've collaborated with people from other countries simply because of the Internet. And, and here you are saying that, you know, that you've gone over and visited Nashville, but that you still work with someone from there. So uh, really anything is possible in, in, in the technology age that we live in. Oh, 100%. I mean, Nashville is full of players. I mean, you get, you get the choice from the best in the world. I've got to say that. I mean, they are. Certainly in the general country, they're just unbelievable. The guitarists over there are unbelievable. The fiddle players are unbelievable. Um, and there's a choice, I think, it's 560 studios in Nashville, as I was told. I'm oh. not sure if that's true. But it's a massive amount. Um, I found one called Backwards, um, Tony Ray, who's a lovely gentleman, a wonderful musician. And, and he introduces me to, I think, probably some of the best players in, in Nashville. Will you be back to Nashville at some point, do you think? 100%. I love the, love the city. It's the, it's the most welcoming city I've ever been to in my life. Wow, wow. The, the people are wonderful. The streets are clean. It's a funny place because the, the, the clubs and the pubs are open all day long and too early in the morning, but you don't see anyone drunk. It's a wonderful place. 
Yeah, and you can't, people there for the music. You can't Wonderful. walk can't walk down the street without bumping into a fellow songwriter, <laughs> which uh, which you know makes me think of a question. I wonder, you know, with we talked before about how you're doing more writing now than you ever have, and you just released this new album already this year, and you've already got another one slated for later this year, early next year. Are you are you going to put the pen down at some point, or is it just the curse of being a songwriter where you're you're just always going to be writing? I think that um, eventually it's going to run out. I'm sure it does for everybody. And um, But until it does, if I'm writing strong songs, I'm going to continue. Um, I'll be judged on that, of course, if they get played. Um, then I'm going to continue. Um, I think you know as a songwriter, you, sometimes you get a little hairs on the back of your neck. They just stand up <laughs> like they did with who's got the right. And uh, I, while I'm getting that, I'm going to continue. When that stops... Then I'll then I'll put the the pen down. I won't put the guitar down, but I'll put the pen down. Uh, interesting. Okay. Well, we're out of time. Uh, we're going to close today with another song of yours, one entitled "Make a Difference." So, before we let you go, Tony, tell the listeners all about this song, if you would, please. Well, this is about judging myself and, and judging the world. Dare I say, and judging the petrol that we keep using, and judging all the resources that we're using, and. It's just really asking myself, well, would I make a difference if I did this? And that's where the song come from. All right. Well, Tony, it was just wonderful to talk to you, and I really appreciate you doing this. As I mentioned, uh, Tony, of course, is five hours ahead of us here in Florida. So thank you for spending your evening talking to me and uh, continued best wishes with all that you're doing. You're a very busy guy, and it sounds like it's not going to end anytime soon, and that's a good thing. Well, Bruce, it's been lovely talking to you, and it's wonderful to be in America at this moment. So thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Tony Clark. Be sure to visit his website, www.tonyclarkcountry.com. And again, remember that there is an E at the end of his last name. Do be sure to click on the icon on his website for Tony's page on Facebook and then like that page when you get there. Plus, check him out on Reverb Nation as well. For that matter, tell him you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. And of course, do purchase his music. It's available on TonyClarkCountry.com as well as on iTunes and Amazon. Remember to follow him online so you can watch for updates when his new 14-song album, Who's Got the Right, comes out either early next year or later this year. Uh, Plus, as I said, perhaps even some updates from his trip to Australia later this year. Don't forget to visit www.nhte.net and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this show and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share, they, well, they call it repost episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud. Let's get your feedback on the show too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter, and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nhte.net. Plus, there's a link there to this show on Instagram, or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nhte.net. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online on their website at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Tony Clark. This is the one he just talked about. It's called Make a Difference. Make a Difference.